0: You found it, the home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now.
1: Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 126 of the Patriot Review, freeing criminals at the expense of your safety. More and more, um, the left is pushing for no bail, zero bail. As you know, we saw this rampant during the Antifa BLM uh, assaults. And uh, it's been a been a problem, a growing problem ever since. Sat down with Mr. Ken W. Uh, Good, who is uh, an attorney. And uh, I'm going to show you the interview. We'll take a break in the middle and um, may say a few things in addition to that. But uh, otherwise, the interview is uh, rather extensive. And we, uh, we just had a great conversation. So I'm just going to get right into that. I'd like to welcome mr ken good to the patriot review for the first time ken uh, graduated from hardin simmons university in 1982 with a bachelor of arts degree received a master of education degree in 1986 from Tar- tarleton state university a part of texas a m system 1989 he received a law degree from texas tech school of law where he was made a member of the texas tech law review Ken has argued cases before the Supreme Court of Texas and the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, along with numerous courts of appeals, including the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. Ken is married and has two daughters. Ken, I have three daughters that um, are wonderful, wonderful people. I'm sure that you know being being a dad is probably the joy of your life as well. But you got quite a quite a list of accomplishments there, and I welcome you to the show.
0: Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I think ha- being a father of daughters is something you don't understand. I always say that God uh, gave me daughters because he knew how competitive I was growing up. And so he knew I could not be competitive at the dance recital like I could be at the basketball tournament.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's good. I like that. Um, so we're, uh, are you in Texas right now? I am. Okay. So I lived in Texas for a few years. I Lo- Loved the state. I didn't like the humidity. I was in Houston, and um, it got, a little, got to me a little bit. But uh, I'm back up here in Wisconsin. It's you know native uh, uh, of Wisconsin, and uh, enjoying the seasons. Not enjoying the winters. But but uh, it's a pleasure to talk to people, you know. And I talk to people from all over the country, and, and matter of fact, around the world. As my blog and podcast grow. And it's amazing to me how many people from the outside of the United States of America are focusing on America and what happens to us as a nation, primarily because of the political situation that we find ourselves in. But one of those things, one of those things I think people are looking at all over the world is how we have, over the past few years, even uh, more strongly than has uh, than ha- we have ever seen, been releasing criminals back on the street and we study after study is showing that this is not a good idea that the recidivism rate is high that you know if if anybody sits down you said you said a word before we started common sense you said that before we started recording if anybody just sits down and looks at things from a common sense viewpoint um they see that when they watch the true crime show they always talk about how Criminals escalating their crimes, and that they may start as a peeping tom, but they end up as a serial rapist and killer. And it just, it just doesn't make sense to me that um, you know there's a there's a party of politicians who just want to release people back on the streets with zero bail. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So give us a a, a brief history of how this issue has come front and center in the uh, in the United States, if you would.
0: Well, if I was going to say, how do I think this we got to where we are now? I would say if you go back uh, four or five election cycles, you would, you know, for the presidential elections, you would see, I think, where one party would kind of do something, you know, six months before the election to hype up their supporters, make them mad. Mm-hmm. And it was because we were at a point that they had to have their Uh, supporters turn out in higher numbers for them to win. And so that's how I think you could say it started. It started with uh, you're not being treated fairly. You need uh, to be angry about this. But, But at that time when it started, it was just rhetoric. So when the election was over, then we would just go back to normal and then you started seeing after a couple of cycles that their supporters got mad because they were just using it as a rhetoric and never going pulling through and uh, and saying oh, we're going to do all these things that you've been mistreated about and i so i think at one point in time the um that particular party or uh, one um one party started electing people that their intention was to do what they said they were going to do, even, even if it was just rhetoric to begin with, even if it really didn't make sense. And so I think there was this big push, and I think it's a coalition, you know, just like to get a majority, you have uh, different people that believe in, in getting to that result. But I think there is a part of that coalition that is – um, wanting, line, uh, you know, bail reform, criminal justice reform, that really at the heart of what they want is decriminalization. I mean, you just can't mm-hmm. look at the last four or five years and say that that what they're really pushing is, is not just decriminalization. And they will not say that point blank. Look at uh, Proposition 49 in California. They'd, they don't come out and say, hey, would you vote in favor of us just decriminalizing theft below $950? Yes, yeah, all right. And so what they do is they say, oh, we're going to change some felonies to misdemeanors because it's good. It's great. It's it allow these people to find jobs and it's good for families. And so it gets all this support. And then once it passes, then you've got your urban area uh, uh, D.A.s that say, OK, we're no longer going to prosecute that. And so now you see the consequences of it. You've got. Mm-hmm. um stores that can't maintain $25,000 a day in shoplifting. Now you've got businesses closing because they can't provide a safe work environment for people that uh, in that area. And you have politicians are now who are acting, Oh, like this is just incredible. How can Walmart, how can Walgreens, how can whatever store of the moment close and and turn their backs on our, our citizens? Well, (laughs) they're not the ones turning their backs on them. I mean, if the local government won't protect their property tax base and protect the business from protests that turn into to violent and then they don't build back, what would you expect? And so right. I think we're at the point where all this r- r- rhetoric has created a mob and, you know, a mob, once it gets created, can't be controlled. And so I think we're seeing seeing that today and, and it's not sustainable. It can't continue and it, there will be a result it's just a question of what will the result be you see the pulling back across the united states but you still have a few areas a few hot spots still pushing uh, to make it even worse
1: well it's absolute nonsense i'd like to go to you know these politicians homes and just clean them out right clean them out and see if mm-hmm. they just uh you know if they don't put a security system in if they don't ask for help if they don't you know, if they don't just go to the store or buy some more stuff for me to steal tomorrow, I mean, it's it's so blatantly ridiculous, patently ridiculous that uh, it it just was mind blowing that people would actually um, people would actually tolerate this. And in your comment about you know the mob can't be controlled, I think we saw that with BLM and Antifa, but there was also no will to control them, right? And I think that's Part of the problem here, as well, is is um you know law enforcement being told basically to stand down with these types of behaviors, and um you know who well the American people are the ones that pay for that, right? So
0: yeah, but you're seeing the American public uh, turn around. I mean, you're seeing uh I mean you know the Budweiser Bud Light right? mm-hmm. uh, backlash, the Target backlash. It's it's almost like suddenly uh the The majority uh has grown a backbone, and they've just kind of said enough is enough and yeah. can you imagine the businesses if you were a business today, how can you navigate these woke um waters today where you you have all this pressure to be um to acknowledge these minority groups and now if you're at the risk of ruining your brand if you do it's mm-hmm. if, and so it's it's an interesting time that we live in.
1: It is that, you know. I guess I'm maybe, maybe old school, and this is why I'm not a CEO of a corporation. I would just tell them to go to hell. <laughs> I tell them. I would tell them. Well, no, are- but
0: even that, you can trace that back. You know, the Rainbow Coalition, Jesse Jackson, Reverend, Reverend yeah. Sharpton, where they would go to people and say, "You're going to make contributions to my organization, yeah. or we're going to call for, um, uh, you know, everybody not to buy your products." And so it was kind of like a protection scheme, and that's really what we have going right now. This right. protection scheme that's gone too far.
1: Right. And, and mob again, mob is a good word for that. I mean, that's the mob mentality. That's the mafia taking over the city streets in the old days and, and uh, making businesses pay protection, the same type of deal. Uh, so the, the other aspect of this is um, we don't even know who's coming into our country today. And I know you correct me if I'm wrong, but my impression is that when uh, someone is in our country illegally, uh, commits a crime they also are are released in large numbers
0: yes and it depends on where you know we've been through this long period right now where you know we have sanctuary cities uh, jurisdictions will no longer cooperate with ICE and so you know there's it's like they'll fight harder for an illegal alien who commits a crime to stay in the country than for a citizen of the United States to stay in the country
1: again because of the woke mindset there right
0: you know i don't really understand what's going on there i mm-hmm. I, I think it's pol- political i think you know we're at this point and, and you can see it in texas probably better than in other parts of the country but you know for the texas has always been a conservative state even mm-hmm. when it was a democrat state it was a conservative state and so um but then the, you know one party decided they didn't have room for conservatives anymore and so but for a for A Democrat to run statewide in Texas, they have to raise money. To raise money, they have to take positions uh, that push them further and further to the left that are contrary to running in a conservative state. So they're able to raise the money, but then they're no longer electable in in the state of Texas. So to be able to raise money, you have to take positions that, that then will make you lose in Texas by 13 points. And I think that's kind of a good example of where we are. If you want to raise money uh, to, to take any office, really, either party, you've got to state positions that are then supported by the money people of that party.
1: And that makes a lot of sense. And those are, that's the reason why people like Ted Cruz have such a difficult time and, and, um, in getting reelected. And I know it's gotten kind of, uh, um, more and more difficult for him as time goes on as well. He he's definitely a target because of what he says mm-hmm. and how spoken he is. but So let's talk a little bit just in, in very, very basic definitions. So anybody who isn't familiar with this issue can get familiar with it. So when you say uh, no cash bail or zero bail, what is that referring to?
0: Well, you know, we call it simple release. So it's called different things in different parts of the country. You know, in California, it would be called zero bail in New York it would be called release without bail in Texas it would be recall it would be called release on a personal bond all of those things mean the same thing you're being released on a promise that you will return and nothing else um a pinky swear um it, you know in Texas you can have a $20,000 personal bond all that is is a number tied to your personal promise you, there's it didn't cost you anything to get that bond. So you, all those different types of releases, we call those simple release. And then what the bail industry, that is, we call that you know a surety release or a bail bond. Uh, and then there's cash bonds as well. Those are probably the three different types of release that we use in, across the, state, of the uh, state, across the country. So simple release, uh, surety release, and then uh, cash bonds.
1: So is a surety release based on um, collateral uh, assets or it, how does that work? It can
0: be. A surety release means that you're being released by the private industry through a, a bail bond. So you just have a contract. They post the bond for you f- for the full amount of the bond. And if you don't show up, then they have to pay that to the court. Um, if it's a large bond, they may require security. But you know we, what we keep forgetting is that Bail is what security, what what promises you're going to give to the court or what assurances you're going to give to the court that you'll return to answer the charges pending against you. It doesn't have anything to do about innocence or guilt. It just means, what are we giving you to assure you that what are we, we're we going to show you that we will come back? Um, before the Magna Carta, the king could just hold you until he, your case mm-hmm. went to trial. And if he never went to trial, he held you the rest of your life. The Magna Carta 200 years ago was the first document where the king allowed or put restrictions on his ability to hold somebody. The concept of bail arises or dates all the way back to that. That's the roots of the current bail system. So, you know, people complain about the private industry, but the private industry is normally the only constitutionally protected right to release that you have. I mean, if they can take away your right to a private surety Bell bond which is the only constitutionally protected right well then they can take away everything else because it's just created by a statute and, yeah. and we know that for sure because it was it was um, litigated during COVID
1: it also allows for the weaponization of the system who gets it and who doesn't and yeah. whether they follow my beliefs or they don't follow my beliefs and the, J, the J6ers I think are the prime example of that as being political prisoners in the United States uh, yes,
0: I, I I do think we are entering into a period of politicalization of our criminal justice system, which it's probably we've always had some level of politicalization, but it's just extreme on right now. It's pretty pretty bad. Blatant,
1: it's blatant in your face, uh, undeniable in in my opinion. But um, so across the country, what are what to what extreme of a crime does this go to where people are are being released? Is it does it uh, generally cut off at a certain level, or are we seeing people even who commit violent crimes being allowed to walk?
0: You're you seeing it for everybody in in uh, Harris County? They have a uh, you know Crime Stoppers is maintaining a list. There are like over 150 now, probably closer to 200, of people who've been released on um, a personal bond, or a very low bond for capital murder, and then they murder somebody again. And so it's kind of I've been I've been referring to Harris County as you get one free murder before they're going to hold you. And and, and the, what's changed is historically in Texas, you know, we have several offenses listed in the Texas Constitution where you can be just denied bail. And so capital murder is one of them. So if you were a, a arrested for capital murder, you weren't released. You were held until trial because the, we we thought that crime was so severe that the Texas Constitution allowed you to be held until trial. Well, ne- right now we're not doing that in, in Houston because we've implemented some bail reforms in Houston by court order and, and they're still in place even though the the decision has been reversed because politics uh, won't allow the politicians to go and have that settlement vacated.
1: And those, the, that new approach came out of the Texas legislature?
0: No, it came out of a, a federal case in filed in Houston, and that's why it only applies to Harris County. It started out by being applied to just misdemeanors. Uh, although, you know, we have examples all the time where, you know, a felony gets felon gets released on a hundred dollar bond. I mean, the, last week in the press, there was a, a defendant who broke into a police car and tried to steal weapons and he was arrested and the magistrate gave him a hundred dollar bond. And then when he got to court, they uh, re, uh revoked his bond and changed it to forty thousand. Now, there's something going on if the magistrate thinks that a hundred dollar bond is a proper bond for for that offense.
1: Yeah right. And um, of course, if he would have went on to shoot somebody, the gun would have got blamed, right? Would have been, <laughs> <laughs> would have been, would have been him, God forbid. Uh,
0: yeah, we, I mean, you know, that's one of the things that I'm just so critical of. If you're not going to be able to protect me, then at least allow me to have the tools to protect myself. And we seem, especially in our urban areas, that we seem to be living in a time where they are not able to protect me, but they don't want me to have the tools to protect myself either.
1: Yeah, and what people don't understand, I mentioned the international view, eyes on the United States. What people don't understand about the United States is that the country is so vast that you have to be able to defend yourself in these rural areas where it's 43, 45, 50, you know, 50 minutes for police to respond. The police there will tell you that you're the first line of your own defense. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, well, and I've
0: been thinking about that re- recently. I mean, if you go back to the old West were the criminal laws meant to protect the public or to protect the criminals, because if you think about it, we had these mobs that would just go in and they'd fix the problem. I mean, we're kind of getting really close to a breaking point where we're going to have that mob mentality if we don't already have it in some parts of our country. And so, you know, I think that the uh, criminal laws to a certain extent are there to protect the the accused. And uh, if we don't, Uh, if we're not going to follow law and order, then we're going to go back to that mob mentality. If we're not careful.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think I think that uh, that's absolutely right. Further, I think that's what they want. I think they, they want to be able to say that, look at these crazy mega people, look what they're doing now, so that they can uh, increase their own authority and power over us, just my opinion.
0: Well I think it's chaos that's what they want chaos yeah, will yeah. push for decriminalization and then once we have decriminalization then we can prosecute only the ones that we want to prosecute and if that's political and we decide who we're going to prosecute based on politics alone well then that would be okay too under a chaos theory
1: right do you think that um do you think that we have the laws in place that we need to have in place in the case of if we only followed our laws we would be a much safer country? Or do you think that it's gotten so far down the path that now we have to work on removing these laws or obstacles that are are really putting us at risk?
0: Uh, I think in Texas, we've got the laws that we need. We just need to follow them. Now that's not true in California. And I'll give you an example. So like the reforms that they've done on misdemeanor cases in Harris County, they're causing an 80% failure to appear rate. You know, and what that means is 80 percent of the time the criminal doesn't show up for court. And and that means you can't get those cases resolved. And then you end up just having big pressure to dismiss the cases. And I thought, well, okay, that just has to be a one off. Well, I talked to some a a D.A. in California and he's he said they use that system statewide for misdemeanors there and they're getting the same result. Eighty percent of the people who are in misdemeanor court fail to show up. Well, in California, that they're going to have to change the law before that is going to improve. I mean, that's just, um, career criminals, gangs and, um, organized crime are taking advantage. Like you wouldn't believe of misdemeanor crimes and they're making a killing off of it. Well,
1: my cousin and I, we both play guitar and we joke, you know, back and forth like, well, hell, let's move to California. We can steal a guitar a day. Right. It's, it's insane. And, um, So of those numbers that, you know, are that 80%, is there a way to determine who's here illegally and who's not? I mean, is that, uh, is it too early in the process that those folks that we don't know if they are legal or not, or is it?
0: uh, I don't think, I don't think we're tracking that. Like, well, you know what? I have not looked at that data. So I I don't, but I don't believe that there's a large number of people that are uh here illegally but but I do think that we're talking about we're creating this segment of our criminal uh, criminal well wait wait let me start a different way you know, someone made this argument that there is a city within a city. When you're in the urban areas, you've got this city of criminals that are living inside the larger city, mm-hmm. and those that group is the ones that are committing, you know, the vast majority of the crime. And it's with recidivism, they're the ones doing it over and over and over. And I, and what I think of the criminal justice system is, I think of the, it, it impacts them if we're strict on our enforcement, but it also, in fact, impacts the gray area of sure. the people that live between the two cities. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's in the gray area, there's people that are making decisions every day over whether to be law-abiding citizens or to join the crime subcity based on what they're seeing. And right now, we're I, I think the city within the city is growing and growing rapidly because our, in our urban areas. Criminals or the people that live in the gray area are saying there's no consequences if I commit crime. Hello, patriots!
1: Now you can show your trust in Trump and your faith in Jesus at the same time. You can purchase the Trust in Trump 2024 Have Faith in Jesus tea at RedbloodedPatriots.com/shop. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that, even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patreon review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link, also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products, I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 800-519-9927. Thank you, and God bless.
0: Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty.
1: Hey there, before we jump into the interview and continue with that, I just wanted to tell you or remind you about the new daily show that is launching on July 25th. We will be daily 9 a.m. Central Time and we got a lot of great stuff in store for you. Uh, stay tuned till the end of the show and I will show you more information about it, what uh, what some of the repeating segments or reoccurring segments are gonna be and uh, get you ready for that. So again, there's a, um, there's a new channel which I can't talk about yet. The actual announcement will be made in two days now. So stay tuned for that on Frank Social and the other social media cha- uh, channels that you follow me on. And um, I'll keep you in the loop for sure. We'll go right back to the interview. Well, I think there's been as many as two million illegals just in since the Biden took office, and yeah. and I think that that's a big part of it. I mean, we need that data so that we can turn around and say, you know, we need to we need to follow our laws at the border as well. If we only followed our laws at the border, we would, you know, we would also be safer, I think.
0: Well, but in, you know, yeah. one of the arguments on the border is, you know there's that the you know that one party has decided they can't win elections without getting a new influx of voters and so Mm -hmm. i've always thought that the border fight was really a fight for voters and so um i think what we're what what that party is discovering is that the majority of the people you know hispanic people they are more closely aligned or they're a lot more conservative than they thought they were so
1: Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah. strong
0: usually but i think the, the border issue the border issue is a, is a bigger issue because i think it's a fight for voters in the future
1: yeah for sure but i think that you're right i think they were surprised and i think that that probably comes from the 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 number of christians that are uh in latina uh, culture you know i think that that's part of it that um they are more traditional than what they were actually thought to be and and um I don't. I'm, to me, that's not a surprise. But uh, again, though, do you think that if we followed the laws that we have on the border, that that would that would eliminate the problem that we're having with the number of people that are coming in?
0: Uh, probably not, because I think that it is a, a bigger issue. I think we have uh, hemisphere issues. You know, when we're making so much more money. Than other countries on a, a and when it's more attractive for them to come here and work illegally probably for pennies on the dollar compared to what they can make at home I think that we still are going to attract more people what scares me about that is is the whole human trafficking element that's mm-hmm. in borders where people are paying pe- uh, cartels to get them into the United States and then especially young women are having to work it work to pay it back and it's not you know it's human trafficking is what it is yeah and we just seem to be ignoring those issues and you know that that's a bigger issue than criminal justice reform that's a bigger issue than uh bail reform but it has so much overlap it just it's it's I mean there's so many similarities. The policy is seems to be creating chaos. And when you have chaos, you can't enforce the law. And with I mean it's almost like uh, the it's, it's the same result. Yeah, it's a cycle. Yeah.
1: I will say though that Trump's Trump's border policy certainly made a large impact on the, the yeah, number of people. I reasons. agree with that. So I think yeah, you know, there's uh, there's a case for that. But um trafficking is is a terrible, terrible problem. I happen to be a media charter member of voices against trafficking and um it's a problem that has just exploded i think in the past couple decades it's always been there but i think the united states is the the citizens of the united states i don't think know the true level to which it exists within our borders and i think they'd be shocked if they found out um well
0: you know look i i agree with that and i would just say so many of us live like me we're just so sheltered I mean, we're, we live in our own cocoon. I mean, you know, I graduated from law school. I came to Tyler. I, you know, was busy in my own little world, my own little law practice, teaching at a junior college and, you know, met my wife. I went out on a blind date and, you know, had children, go to church, you know, had a daughter who needed a bone marrow transplant. So, I mean, you're busy with your own life and you just get so distracted. We count on our politicians, to take care of those issues, and, and suddenly when they don't, I mean it's, I mean it really is disheartening.
1: It is, and it's, um, it's, the, it's, it's not the only problem that's brought up from from the border. We all do live in our own little worlds. We all do pay attention to what affects us directly more than what uh, what could affect us or what's affecting us as a nation collectively, for sure. Um, Another one of those issues is fentanyl and, you know, 150,000 people dying in our country a year this, this year, uh, they're thinking maybe closer to 200,000. And that's, that's another border related issue. Uh Certainly don't believe that you can shut off the spigot to all drugs. I'm not naive, but it definitely would help to get that under control down there.
0: So, well, but you know, people, when people tell me we have, too many people in jail for drugs and we should be talking about decriminalizing drugs like they did in Portland. Uh, You know, I'm just like, well, of course we have the most people in jail across the world for drugs. They The whole world sends all their drugs to us. So of course we're going to have a larger problem than anybody else. And I read a book one time that says, if you give up on drug crime, you're essentially giving up on crime because almost all crime arises from some, uh, from some uh, root out of drugs.
1: Yeah, drugs are dependency on the part of the criminal <clears throat> or uh, in some cases it's uh, it's the dealers and the, 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 the city within their city that you were defining well, and let control me let me make that. a
0: point about the whole drugs and and tie that into the criminal justice reform and even bail reform. You know I'm I'm at the age, you know, where, you know, I've had family members that have had drug issues and I have a sister who had a car accident in 1989 and she broke every bone in her face and she started a 30 year drug addiction to prescription Mm -hmm. prescription drugs. And at the time, you know, the poor men's drug rehab was jail. I mean, Mm -hmm. and so I tried very hard to get her in jail uh, because that's what the family could afford. And the reforms that we're going through right now are absolutely foreclosing any ability to do the poor man's drug rehab. I mean, we don't hold people in jail anymore. And we, uh, especially first-time offenders, we don't hold them in jail anymore. And if people say, oh, there's a first-time offender that's sitting in jail and they can't afford bail, that's just a lie. Um, and so we're making it where you can't, you know, families can't, Get their fam- their loved ones turn around um, by using the criminal justice system I mean' mm-hmm. uh, the criminal justice system is turning their backs and on uh, drug drug offenders because we just want them out of jail I mean look at Portland where we've decriminalized all heavy drugs and now it looks like an op- uh, open opium den and um, I mean they're having record numbers of overdoses every month it's like we've decided we don't care we just want everybody to kill themselves or mm-hmm. overdose I mean that may be the cheapest solution for Portland, but that sure sure wasn't the way they sold it, and it sure wasn't the way that it was supposed to be working. But that's the reality. Well,
1: people find out that there's no such thing as rainbow rainbows and unicorns and this happy little this happy little land that everybody gets along and everybody's taken care of. And I mean, the, the system's overloaded. And the more the more that this type of stuff happens, the more violent crime we're going to see. The more the overload on on the mental health services we're going to see leading to such things as more school shootings and, and some of the the biggest and worst uh, events that we see, I think can only increase with that. Um, So as a, as just a regular citizen of the United States, what can people do other than voting to really address the issue of, of bail reform and making sure that, you know, people are, are held as they should be held.
0: Well, I think, first of all, this is a cycle that we've been through in the past. You know, uh, in the 60s, we went through a period of time where uh, we felt safe. And so as we felt safe, we were more forgiving on our criminal laws, more, um, um, I mean, I, I think I said more forgiving, uh, giving people more and more chances. And so then we had more crimes. And after we had more crime for a period of time, we had a backlash. Uh, I think that that's exactly what we're going through now. We're going through another period where we felt safe and um, we are suffering the consequences. Because I think with the digital age, the pendulum swung very hard and very quickly to the, to one direction. Uh, I thought that in the last election that the pendulum would swing back. Um, it didn't, but it didn't for some reasons, you know, like uh, politicians were saying it was all a lie two weeks before the election. And so, you, you know, they were given them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, when the pendulum swings back, it may swing back just as hard. and You know, the last time it swung back, we got uh, Ronald Reagan as the president and we got some pretty heavy uh, criminal justice laws that um, made us more safe. And that's the reason why we are here today. So uh, how do people get more active? I think we... Um, we hold our account we call hold our uh, judges to uh, feet to the fire and we hold our politicians feet to the fire and we point out when th- things are don't make sense when they say we're going to defund the police and we're going to be safer that don't make sense uh when they say we're going to release more people from jail and we'll be safer that don't make sense And so um, and we have to come back and we say we said that this would not make sense. And then if you did this and you did this and now you need to either resign or we need to find somebody else. But the last thing I would say is, you know, this is kind of uncharted territory, I think, because we're kind of living through the Venezuela coalition that's running our country right now, which is the very poor and the very rich, rich elites. And, um, you know, when the. With the coalition in Venezuela took over, they didn't care what what you know the person would do because they just voted for that person. Well, we're kind of at that point where we're voting for one party, no matter the scandal, no matter what they do, uh, no matter the consequences. Um, well, with, I'm afraid we're going to continue in that for a little bit.
1: Well, with today's media, you don't know what they do or what they don't do, and I mean, <laughs> media is bought and bought and paid for as well in my opinion and that's why people are are looking for alternative sources for their information is precisely why people like me who's just an average person you know is is doing this because i'm passionate about freedom for future generations and you know a lot of people look to to the sources like mine because they know that when you turn on msnbc or cnn or even controlled opposition like fox you're not going to get the, the whole truth you're not going to get the story you're going to get their viewpoint of the story or their the the propaganda that that uh, they're supposed to tell you in order to support you know these changes that are being made and
0: um well there's a story on on drudge or something this morning talking about <laughs> they're going to file 30 to 40 something new charges against trump um and it's like I mean, it's almost I mean, do they not realize that it seems like to me just the normal public that, okay, the first round of charges weren't enough to change the public opinion about him. So we're going to come back and file a whole bunch more and see if that's enough. I mean, it's so political. I mean, whether they meant to be or not, it just comes across so political. And it it just looks like they don't even care at this point. They're so desperate to maintain power that they don't care what it looks like.
1: No, and they we, don't. And you know, it's 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 even worse than that. They they think that we're stupid, that we don't know what the Presidential Records Act is, for example. And we don't know why they didn't choose to to prosecute him under the, that act rather than the espionage act, which <clears throat> which doesn't even apply in his case. So, you know, they they look at that's the biggest insult and I think that what they're doing and they may not relate and they may not even realize it is that they're pushing those independent voters away from them. Because the independent voters are smart enough to see what's going on, aren't they?
0: I don't know. I mean, really, I mean, you know, scandal has always worked, you know, in our elections, uh, you know, negative press uh, against your opponent has always worked. So uh, they, I mean, what you see right now is a push, no matter what they want to say is a push to make Trump the Republican candidate. Uh, And then because they believe that they, he's the one guy they have a chance of winning with even with Biden now maybe Biden doesn't Biden turn out be to there. be the candidate i mean no, maybe I think, he won't be there
1: but i think yeah i think they're they're releasing more and more on Biden even on the historically you know, far left uh, media sources because they're getting ready to to primary him with Gavin Newsom, is my belief. I think Newsom's well, that's what in. I
0: heard too. I mean, mm-hmm. the last thing I heard that just sounded right would be early next year he'll resign and then or withdraw from the election, and Gavin Newsom will be there ready to step in.
1: Yeah, that makes sense to me. So, what's the future of of this? You mentioned it's a cycle, but we seem to be in a little bit different situation than we've been in the past. We don't we don't have the same um we don't we don't have the same foundation that we had in the 1980s under reagan as far as people who have judeo-christian values and uh that has also been under attack the nuclear family's been under attack so people's hearts and minds at least more people's hearts and minds are not in the right place than than what happened back then so with that in consideration, how do you see this cycle turning back around, and in what kind of a time period has it historically been?
0: Well, I would say 60s to 80s, and that was 20 years. So, uh, I, but I don't think it'll take that long this time. But you know what? It may. Uh, hmm. I always have hope. Um, you know, there's stories that I've seen where today's young people are t- turning towards God in greater numbers than ever. That's and so decision. that's a, a a good sign. Um, we need some kind of moral compass in this country because when I'm faced with a, a a some type of moral decision, I need something to rely upon. You know, when when um and our youth today need that. I mean, when I am. Faced with you know shoplifting, I mean you know it's easy to get. They're not going to arrest you. They you know you know the store has been told the security guards to do nothing. I mean there needs to be something that will keep you from doing it. I mean we live in this instant gratification uh, time or this world where you know well I want it. I mean (laughs) I mean
1: that's exactly. I mean I even
0: question. I even question my daughter's judgment sometimes, you know, I I was helping her to buy a car and she's sending me pictures of BMWs and I'm like, (laughs) you can't afford to have a BMW worked on. And you know, this one has substantially lower gas mileage than what your current car is. So you're increasing your uh, operational costs just by um, purchasing this car. No, no. I mean, look at those types of things. I mean, you, and maybe we don't do a good job teaching that, but I, I think that we have to get judges to care about people showing up for court. I and mean, that's the one thing that I, I think is killing us right now. And, and you can see the turnaround is starting because we're starting around by, by caring about violent crime. Well, we need to care about violent crime. We need to care about property crime to protect our property, you know, our businesses, uh, taxable interests. So, you know, our, um, you know, the city has, property values and that's how they get their taxes to take care of people we need to defend those property values i mean look in portland portland some guy sold his building because of the way that he was being treated he started out selling it for you know 500 600 dollars he ended up selling it for one hundred fifty thousand because property values have been destroyed i'm i'm hopeful because what we're doing right now is not sustainable it can't continue uh either we will resolve into mob violence to address these things individually and i know our politicians don't want that and well, so i
1: pray that doesn't happen as well but um...
0: yeah well it will happen in different areas i mean we're already seeing it from the other side you know look at the george mm-hmm. floyd thing how is that not a mob Nonsense. violence? i mean mm-hmm. you know it was it was a reaction and maybe even whipped up you know, you could argue the January sixth thing was the same reaction from the opposite side, and we had to come down like a ton of bricks on them. So that's the reason why a lot of people say it's all political now.
1: No, I, I, I won't say that. I don't, I don't think that what they did here—you have a group yeah. With...
0: What you're saying is what they did was not uh, worthy of anything. Not that they're being not that they're not being politically uh, prosecuted.
1: No, what I'm saying is if there are people who who broke windows and who did damage and prosecute them, but you know, one of the guys that I have on, had on my show, Jake Lang, he will have been in prison for a thousand days before his hearing. Thousand days. And in, in the you know, on the other side of the coin, they burn down buildings, they destroy city blocks, they assault people, pulling yeah. them out of their yeah. cars, you know, and, and a lot of them are are not even in, in jail. They've never faced yeah. anything.
0: That's right. They wouldn't even yeah. file criminal charges on them.
1: So yeah, so the, so the, there's a two-tier system, in my opinion, is what I'm saying, and and that's based on political ideology, also I think. So I hope I hope you're right. I hope that uh, that it snaps back and that judges, um, you know, start to get get uh, uh, upset by people not showing up and starting to demand some action. That would be great. It would be great if our law enforcement got the respect that they deserve and and were able to. Uh, go after the people that they've been told they can't that's another problem you know
0: you know one of the things that I did was you know I have a gr- work with a group and so we just went and got the public data from Harris County and we created a, a website called harriscountycourtwatch.com and it shows you that there's like 80 something percent failure to appear rate for misdemeanor courts i mean the people were just crazy there's like that can't happen that's not happening and then we find out in california that's It's the same there. So when you don't require people to show up or where you tie the judge's hands and you have you force them to give a free bond and you don't hold them accountable when they don't show up, how would you why would you expect anything else? But people won't come to court.
1: So if somebody wanted to do that in their own state uh, or their own county, where would they go to get the data they need to be able to share?
0: It's going to have to be a county-by-county county basis, and so we have to get that, you know, I'm, try, I'm I'm reaching out to Bear County in Texas to try to work with them right now to try to get that same kind of data so that we can find out and do a comparison, apples to apples, oranges to oranges, because, you know, the best or the lowest failure-to-appear rate of any release mechanism is the private surety Bell system uh, because we work with families, and um, I mean, that's the reason why we have that secret sauce of why we're so successful. Any type, other type of release is going to have a substantially higher failure to appear rate, which means you're going to have a lot higher uh, uh, backlogs because anytime you don't show up on a criminal case, your criminal case has to be put on hold because we can't go forward with your case, sure. except in very limited situations until you're there to stand there in front of the judge or jury. So
1: who who do they go to within their county to get that data, though?
0: Uh, well, for felonies, it's usually the district clerk. And then for misdemeanors, it's the county court county clerk's office. Now, a lot of times that, that information is online. Uh, we were able to uh, find that information online. And we, so we set up some data mining processes uh, to download it. And then we um, set up, you know, the uh, Houston Police Officers Union had done a report based upon reviewing one week of the data. And so we went back and downloaded two years worth of data, and then used the same formulas. And then you can look at any court, any day for a couple, two years, and see what their failure to appear rate was. And it was just eye-openingly wow. bad.
1: Well, that that approach I haven't heard of as of yet. So that's that's I really appreciate you sharing that. That's something that people can actually use as an action item. And that's a lot of the problem in our. You know our country today is people talk about the problems longing for a solution some of them but um, they just don't know how to go about some of these things and um, that definitely shows it shows that we have for far too long trusted our political leaders our politicians and uh, and now we're paying for it and so so many people are starting to rise up and 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 do things like you're doing trying to to get the data to actually hold people accountable so Great job on that. I really appreciate you being here. If you want to close out with anything in specific, I'll give you uh, the last couple minutes here.
0: Sure. If you want more information about me and our, org- our organization, you can go to pbtx.com. We have a blog uh, where we post a uh, in- or highlight important news in the, uh, in the bail front across the country. We also have our own podcast called the bell post. You can go see that at the Bellpost.com where we really are trying to be a resource. We're trying to be uh, uh, educational. We, you know, if you want to know what the tennis, uh, the New Jersey plan is, we have a podcast on it. If you want to know how different things work in the criminal justice system, we usually have a podcast. We have a podcast about what, what the heck do bondsmen even do, which is one of our, our first episode and probably the one of the uh, highest, Um, view podcast that we have Um, and so uh, thank you very much for having me and uh, I always look forward to talking about uh, the criminal justice system because what we're doing right now is hurting the criminal justice system in the name of, you know, we're reforming uh, uh, bail. Well, I mean, what's good for the criminal justice system is usually good for the private industry. What's bad for the criminal justice system is bad for the bail industry. So, what we're really doing by attacking the bail industry is attacking the criminal justice system and undermining it, creating chaos. And what that does mm-hmm. is put pressure to dismiss cases and it's a de facto decriminalization. And that has to stop.
1: Yeah. And we're just, we're just, uh increasing number of victims in some of these terrible crimes so uh,
0: well now we're starting to see reports we're seeing reports come out saying the more uh simple release you have the more crime you're going to have i mean that's something that's come out since covid
1: yeah and you've got several in your write-up and and i trust that that kind of data is on your website as well as well
0: it is we Uh have an episode on our podcast about it
1: so it's pbtx.com pbtx.com b as in boy T-B-T-X.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so check it out, folks. Ken, you've been an awesome guest. Thank you again for your patience. I had some uh, some difficulties, and, and Ken, everybody should know, has been really gracious. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. And hopefully this cycle that we are talking about starts to turn even more and we start to protect our citizens and, and our visitors. Uh, the way they should be so God bless you and thank you for what you're doing and thank you for being on the Patriot Review
0: oh thank you for having me you're welcome after we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime I um, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there, and um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it, was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief We uh, we took her BiPAP off; it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed, and. Um, we had to accept that she was
1: truly gone. Not one person stepped that put in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. We're about news, commentary, conversations, truth, liberty, and God. We stand for American values and our flag. We believe that the Constitution is a document that fortifies rights already given to us by our Creator. We will not apologize for our love of God and country, ever. We are right, America
0: media coming to you from the land of common sense An American pride, not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner.
1: Time always goes fast on the show. We are at the end of an hour already. I just wanted to ask what your feedback is on what's happening in our legal system and whether or not you believe there's a two-tier system. You can always uh, comment, of course, on the episode and the social, on the page you're on, Rumble or Cloud Hub or whatever, but I'd like to get your feedback. What do you think about what we discussed today and what do you think needs to happen in order to get our country back in shape? Really would appreciate that. I always appreciate when people make comments, um, usually always. Sometimes uh, there's, of course, the trolls out there, but whatever, they don't bother me. So on the commercial for the for the uh, Kingdom Fuel, one thing that's not there is where you go. So you go to sherwood.tv slash TPR. For those of you that are listening to this on podcast, you don't see the graphics. So sherwood.tv slash TPR is where you can go for that. The commercial for the documentary Breaking the Oath. Now that documentary has really gotten a lot of great uh, reviews. There are some folks that... Uh, have commented uh, that they didn't care for for one reason or another, but it's it's, uh, like eight compared to, I think we're at 28,000 right now. So if you haven't seen that yet, please check it out. You can see it on on, uh, redbloodedpatriots.com. You can also go to americafirstproductions.com. It's number one ST, productions, Productions americafirstproductions.com. And check it out there. The documentary itself is free as all of the America First Productions documentaries will be. However, the only way I make money is if you buy the extended uh, director's edition. So there is a director's edition available for $29.99. You get 10 bucks off if you use the code America First with the number one ST. America First is a coupon code. You get uh, the documentary and it's downloadable so you can share. You also get... Uh, extended interviews with the cast, and I'm going to be putting up, uh, I had to put this on hold a little bit, but I'm gonna be putting up a a behind the the story, a director's uh, edition behind the story. So that will be there in the near future. As you know, there's a lot going on here with the new show coming up. As I mentioned, July 25th is going to be the, the start date. July 18th is the announcement. You'll find out what the additional channel is going live. I'm really excited about that. You will recognize the name behind it, and it's going to be brand new. It's going to be Christian-based. It's going to be awesome, and uh, so check that out. What I will tell you now is that um, we have some regular, uh, regular segments, so we'll have some regular people that, uh, are addressing specific things in these segments. So for example, we have Jennifer Lynn coming on and she's going to do a segment at the end of every show where she takes a Bible verse. It's called let there be light. And she's going to bring inspiration to the end of the show because everybody knows that we talk about very, very serious subjects and sometimes it gets overwhelming. So I thought that would be a great way to end. We'd have, uh, a Jennifer come on and she does her own show as, uh, most of these people on here do, but uh, she's been gracious enough to volunteer to do that then my good buddy gunny Bud cornwell he's going to help me coordinate the veterans viewpoint he'll be on the first episode and uh that is going to be a bunch of veterans that are going to speak to what they're passionate about in the current in the current political uh, structure and military structure of the United States. So that was going to be really cool as well because we get their unique perspective. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, they have a lot to, to say and sometimes don't get enough of an opportunity to say it. So the veterans will be definitely a big part of the show. Then we have a segment called Our America by Ronald Boyd. He is a historian. He's uh, going to be on to talk about people and events that shaped America. And he is going to be doing that uh, to start with like once a month and hopefully that that continues to grow. And then lastly, perspective with Amber May. Amber also has her own show, as does Gunny, by the way. Um, She's going to talk about some unique. uh, She's going to give her unique insight into some things that uh, are on her mind. So that'll be more of the current news piece in addition to what I do. And she's just going to give her perspective on things. So I really look forward to the show again it's the 25th that that is going to go live and um, we'll have more information coming out on that now this coming wednesday we have uh, clay clark on i have a special another special this week so check that out also just a reminder you can go to FrankSocial.com if you want to help me out just a little bit for three bucks a month for the price of a cup of coffee probably less than a starbucks Uh, Per month, you can help me out and get additional comment and get uh, first access to the documentaries I produce and some other great things. It's all pro-Christian, pro-American, and um, God bless you and God bless America. That is the easiest way to give me some support. And um, you also can give yourself some uh, benefits as well by going to uh, KirkElliottPhD.com. Two L's, two T's, PhD.com slash the Patriot Review. And you can get some great deals on gold and silver and also get a lot of free advice. So check those things out. I, As I said, I'll be back on uh, Wednesday and um, we'll have Clay Clark on for that show. So I'll be putting out information on that shortly. Otherwise, God bless. Take care and we'll see you Wednesday.